Let's see here, today is Sunday, it's 15 May. I'm Charlie Garrett and this is the CG Prophecy Report. EU Army on the way. That and a lot of other things go over on today's report. Okay, I'll remind you one more time. Uh, I said it last week about Twitter. I'm not going to remind you about that. If you want to follow or if you want to see what we're up to at the Superior Word, you can go to Twitter and find us. But I will remind you that we have a website out there, the CG Report, where news articles are posted uh, at least twice a day. I try to do it first thing in the morning, and whenever I'm done with my work, Monday I may only get to it once. But uh, lots of, you know, what we talk about here on the uh, Prophecy Report, you'll get about 10 times that much daily, okay? It's, uh, I keep a very busy site, and uh, we've already got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of archived articles. So please go there, pass that on to other people, and uh, I got to tell you how much I enjoy it. If nobody went there, I wouldn't, wouldn't bother me a bit. I still enjoy doing it, just getting these articles up, and uh, it gives me a chance to read what I am considering for the reports each week. So good stuff there. Okay, I got some news from Israel here. From the Times of Israel, Riyadh to invest millions in Israeli tech via Jared Kushner's new fund. Riyadh, imagine that. Kushner, the son-in-law of President Trump and an ex-senior advisor set up Affinity Partners last year raising some $3 billion in committed funding from international investors, including the Saudis. The report said the investment is the first known instance that the Saudi public investment fund's cash will be directed to Israel, a sign of the kingdom's increasing willingness to do business with the country. Even though they have no diplomatic relations, Affinity Partners has hired some 20 people and plans to focus on U.S.-based investments as well as those in the Middle East. The $450 billion Saudi Public Investment Fund was negotiating with Kushner over what could prove to be a sizable investment in Affinity Partners. While Saudi advisors were initially hesitant to contribute to the fund, Saudi Crown Prince and de facto leader Mohammed bin Salman reportedly intervened and pushed the investment. I never would have expected that, not in a million years, but here we are. From the New York Post, new White House press secretary urged Democrats to skip pro-Israel conference. New White House press secretary Jean-Pierre or Jean Pierre, however you pronounce her name, once urged Democrats to skip a meeting of the American Israel Public Affairs Committee claiming it was severely racist. Well, I can tell you, the person that's standing behind that podium right now at the White House, her, is one of the most racist people I have ever come across. She's worse than this last lady, Psaki. She's a racist through and through. The bipartisan gathering has long been an uncontroversial part of the American public life, but in recent years has become more divisive as Democrats have drifted away from America's closest ally in the region over the unresolved Israel-Palestinian conflict. When it comes down to it, APAC's policies are not progressive policies. APAC's values are not progressive values. Jean Pierre wrote in a Newsweek op-ed in 2019. It's time to call a spade a spade, she says. Okay, you guys didn't, you didn't find that as funny as I did. In the piece, she blasted the conference as severely racist. 
saying it has become known for trafficking in anti-Muslim and anti-Arab rhetoric while lifting up Islamophobic voices and attitudes. I can't think of anything less true than that statement. Okay, I've seen some of those and it is completely untrue. She's just, she hates Israel and she is uh, a racist and she's just projecting like the left always does. They project, okay? You cannot call yourself a progressive while continuing to associate yourself with an organization like APAC that has often been the antithesis of what it means to be progressive, she added, while also taking a shot at Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu. She wrote the Newsweek piece while serving as a senior advisor and national spokesperson to move on. Jean Pierre has also worked as a lecturer at Columbia University School of International and Public Affairs since 2014. Okay, the Biden administration is thoroughly the worst administration that has ever been in the United States of America. It is worse than Obama's administration. Now, obviously, he is behind the scenes and he's pulling the strings, but this is a administration without any morals at all, completely. From the Times of Israel. Amid deadly terror wave, Bennett calls for creation of civil national guard. This is something that kind of surprised me reading this, but here you go. Prime Minister Bennett vowed to establish a civilian national guard in his opening remarks at the weekly cabinet meeting. Bennett announced that the National Security Council, in coordination with the Public Security Ministry, would present a proposal for the new force by the end of the month. The announcement came in the wake of a terror attack in which three people were killed and several were wounded in the ultra-Orthodox city of Elad. Tensions have risen sharply between Israel and the Palestinians in recent months against the backdrop of a spate of terror attacks in Israel and the West Bank that have left 19 people dead. From the Times of Israel, after deadly attack, Chief Rabbi urges synagogue goers to buy guns. I'm going to tell you something. You don't buy guns after an attack. You prepare for an attack, okay? If you are on the fence about this, I'm sorry for you. I really am. This is a dangerous world. There are no guarantees in this life that you are going to have a shield around you. Christians, you know, we get this thing in America about people saying, oh, you know, he who lives by the sword will die by the sword and all that nonsense, taking verses out of context. But I will tell you that the Christians in Nigeria right now would disagree with your thinking completely, okay? They're being slaughtered by the hundreds because they can't defend themselves. And you see this in countries all over the world. And you think just because you live in this bubble called America that it won't ever come to you, you're wrong, okay? Be ready. Be prepared. Be wise. From a Jewish press, Energian discovers gas off Israel's shore near Karish and Tanin fields. Energian PLC announced it had made a commercial gas discovery. Uh, it had been made in the Athena Exploration Well off the shore of Israel. Preliminary analyses indicates that the Athena discovery contains recoverable gas volumes of 8 billion cubic meters of natural gas on a standalone basis. This discovery is especially significant as it de-risks an additional 50 billion cubic meters of mean unrisked perspective resources across Energian's Olympus area, now totaling 58 billion cubic meters, including Athena. Energian is considering different ways to commercialize the newly discovered gas, including more domestic sales to the ever-growing Israeli power market and exporting the Egyptian natural gas 
holding company. So there you go with Israel. Got some more gas out there. They've got gas all over fields, Tamar and, and uh, some of those other fields that are out there. And now they've added another one. So good job for Israel. Okay, we got some news concerning Christianity here. But before I give you our first article, um, my friend Ron Hicks, uh, I told you about him a while ago. He's doing the Bible type app. In other words, it's an app that helps you to increase your typing skills, and you do it by typing the Bible. And I said I would give her a progress report once in a while. He sent me one just last night. He finished typing Deuteronomy. He's typed the entire Torah, okay? And he is now in the middle of Joshua, but he has typed over 150,000 words in six weeks, practicing to increase his typing skills, and at the same time, he is typing the Bible. I think that's just marvelous. So I recommend anybody here that wants to mix their Bible reading with typing, go for it. All right. From the Epic Times, pro-abortion protesters hit pastors outside Supreme Court and go free. Okay, this has been going on all over the U.S. Churches are being torched and all kinds of things like that, and nobody's doing anything. If this was something a little bit different, okay, there would be the DOJ all over it. We'd have the FBI all over the place, but it doesn't matter because they're only Christians and they don't have the same rights as everybody else anymore. Breitbart, Pope Francis presents tears of the Ukrainian people to the Virgin Mary. You know, there's just a sickness in the Catholic Church and I am not anti-Catholic as far as people, all right? There are many Catholics that are saved and they're just in this big giant thing that is so out of control that it's just unbelievable. Pope Francis again condemned the senseless calamity of war Sunday, offering special prayers for the people of Ukraine. I entrust to the Blessed Virgin Mary, somebody who's dead and in the grave waiting to be called up by Jesus, the ardent desire for peace of the many people in various parts of the world who suffer the senseless calamity of war. The pontiff told crowds gathered in St. Peter's Square, in particular, I present the sufferings and tears of the Ukrainian people to the Holy Virgin, he said. Once again, I, you know, this thing about the perpetual virginity of Mary is so much nonsense. You read the Bible through one time and you will know that she had lots of other children with Joseph after Christ was born. Okay, uh, the entire thing about Catholicism, and as I said, there are Catholics that, you know, this one lady I know, at the mall I take care of, when I was uh, just getting to know them, they had moved in this new store at the mall, and I stopped one day and I said, um, what if you die today? What's going to happen to you? And she said, I'm going to go to heaven. I said, well, you tell me why. She said, because of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. First words out of her mouth. That's a person that knows what Christ did, and yet she attends a Catholic church. So people love to beat up Catholics for whatever reason. That's fine. You can be as bigoted as you want, but there are good people in bad churches. Go read Revelation chapter 3, and you'll find that out. Okay, but there is a lot of really bad doctrine in the Catholic church, including these issues that we're bringing up right now. Before the madness of war, please let us continue to pray the rosary for peace each day. Last Sunday, Francis appealed to Catholics around the world to pray the Rosary for Peace every day during the month of May, the month dedicated to the Virgin Mary. Well, how about dedicating your lives to Jesus Christ? Get rid of all the nonsense and just focus on, that's what the Bible says, Hebrews 12 too. Go read it. I would like to invite all the faithful and communities to pray the Rosary for Peace every day in May, he said. Christian Post, 107 Florida congregations leaving the United Methodist Church to join New Conservative Church Network amid LGBT debate. Great news. 
Uh, good morning, Miss Garrett. How are you? Do you know that you missed something really wonderful about 20 minutes ago, maybe 15 minutes ago? Yes, we had. Look at look at the person over there dressed in military blues, okay? And we had a proposal of marriage that you missed because you didn't show up to church on time. I really have to slam mom over things like this. That's why I sent that email out. I sent, I was very careful to send that email out in advance and say, please be there for this one time, okay? And it couldn't happen. We're getting hugs. I got to wait for a minute. We're getting hugs and stuff. And okay, there you go. Okay, you need to sit down. We've got a report going on. Thank you. All right. You can do all that hugging and kissing later, Miss Garrett. Okay, so let's see here. Um, the Florida chapter of the Wesleyan Covenant Association, a theologically conservative Methodist group, announced Tuesday that 107 churches in the state, only Florida, had chosen to initiate the process to depart the Florida Conference of the United Methodist Church. Now, I'm not keen on Methodism. They've got a lot of bad doctrine in that church, okay? They believe you can lose your salvation and other types of things. But I'm very, very happy that they are making this stand and they are dividing from this left wing of that church that is going down the tube so fast there will be nothing left of it. There, there already is nothing left of it. When those churches are divided, you're going to have the unholy all living in their little uh, palaces and doing their unholy things, and they're going to find out when they wake up someday that they're being chucked into the lake of fire because they will not honor the Lord Jesus Christ. These other people are conservative. They will be judged for their bad doctrine, but I'm sure that they are putting the Lord first because of this. Good job. The number of congregations planning to leave represents nearly 20% of the total number of churches belonging to the UMC Florida Conference. This broad group of churches include both large and small congregations, along with Anglo, African, American, Latino, Korean, and other ethnic communities of faith. These churches will align with the new Global Methodist Church. Keith Boyette, a leader in the WCA who served as a transitional connectional coordinating officer for the Global Methodist Church, believes there will be additional churches that will emerge as we move forward. I hope so. It is my understanding that all of these churches have taken votes to leave. The Transitional Leadership Council of the GMC will organize local churches like the 107 from Florida into regional conferences. The regional conferences are called annual conferences, meant to serve as consecutive alternative for the UMC. The GMC was originally planning to launch after general conference, which had been slated to take place this fall. However, the GMC opted to launch this month after UMC leadership announced that the general conference would be postponed until 2024 due to the ongoing pandemic concerns. That shows you how left they are in the UMC, that they would postpone something to 2024 in Florida when not a person here except a lefty or somebody that's visiting from up north that's a lefty is wearing a mask. Okay, but that's where we're at with the UMC. So I'm very, very happy to see this. I hope that they will do the right thing. They'll throw away the book of discipline and just say, we're going to honor this. If they do that, they'll be starting out on the right foot. If not, if they have a book of discipline in 15 years, they're going to be in the same shape they're in right now. Because you can amend a book of discipline. You cannot amend the word of God. Some news from the Mideast and Africa today. 
from the Washington Examiner. Iran readies for grid blackout war with the United States. Yes, Iran, who we're still trying to make a deal with. In the latest sign that Iran is readying for a military clash with the U.S., even as it works to revive an Obama-era nuclear deal, experts have revealed that Tehran is hardening its critical infrastructure as a possible response to an attack on the United States' electric grid. While some in the Biden admin have said Iran does not yet have a traditional nuclear-tipped missile that can strike the U.S., well, they don't, but they're working on it because Biden is allowing them to, Others are now citing evidence that the terrorist nation is stepping up its efforts to explode a small nuclear weapon delivered on a satellite in the skies over key electric grids, creating a blackout knockout for the United States. And they have the capability to do this right now. They have satellites in space. Iran, okay? The new evidence in a report shared with Secrets includes moves by Iran to harden its own grid and other infrastructure and military documents endorsing a so-called high-altitude electromagnet pulse strategy. Iran's intentions to exploit HEMP offensively may be reflected in their efforts to protect at least some of their critical infrastructures from HEMP attack. Author Peter Vincent Pry the executive director of the EMP Task Force on National and Homeland Security added, an official Iranian military textbook endorses nuclear HEMP attack against the United States, as well as deception measures to conceal nuclear weapons in violation of international agreements. This is all ongoing right now, and we're trying to make deals with these people. Pry said EMP weapons can effectively shut down a nation and be easily deployed. And I can tell you that as bad as our infrastructure is right now, the electrical infrastructure, it would shut us down. There's no doubt about it. And he added, the targets are obvious. If Iran acquires or develops nuclear HEMP attack capabilities, Iran's targets or that of its terrorist proxies will most likely be the populations of America and Israel. His report urged the Pentagon and the Biden admin to look beyond Iran's struggle to build an intercontinental missile and focus also on satellites. Iran has orbited civilian satellites in 2008, 2009, 2010, 2015, orbited a military satellite, has suborbited a monkey into space and returned it safely in 2013, and has medium-range military missiles more than any other nation in the Middle East. Pry added, Iran has not demonstrated a military intercontinental missile equipped with a re-entry vehicle capable of penetrating the atmosphere, accurate enough to strike a city, yet a high-altitude electromagnetic pulse attack does not require a re-entry vehicle or accuracy. And they're working on this, and they know this, and the administration is being advised of this, and they're doing Nothing about it. From GB News, a week or two ago, I said that uh, the UK is doing the right thing. They made a deal with Rwanda to take their illegals that are coming over the channel, and they're saying, we're going to send you to Rwanda, because they made an agreement with Rwanda that they would take these people. Rwanda is a free country. It's safe. It doesn't have any problems. They said, we will take these people. Just ship them down to us, and they can become a part of our society. Guess what? First group of migrants to be told about impending removal to Rwanda this week. Good. 
Migrants who cross the channel will be among those to be notified by the Home Office that they face a one-way ticket to the East African nation. Home Secretary Priti Patel said Britain's asylum system is broken as criminals exploit and smuggle people into our country at huge costs to UK taxpayers. The world-leading migration partnership with Rwanda means those making dangerous, unnecessary, and illegal journeys to the UK may be relocated to Rwanda to have their claims for asylum considered and to rebuild their lives there helping break the people smugglers business model and prevent loss of life. First flights are expected to take place in the coming months, the Home Office said. The guidance published includes an assessment of Rwanda reaffirming that it is a safe country to relocate people to. From Zero Hedge, Taliban, you know, that would be great if we could say, all right, all these people that have just come up from uh, the South of, you know, South America, Latin America and all these places, Mexico will take them, and we're just going to send you right back to Mexico. That'd be just great. Zero Hedge. Taliban orders all Afghan women to cover faces in public, taking country back to pre-2001. And it's not just covering their faces. It is literally being in a bag. You can't see anything except where their eyes would be through these slots, and that's all you can see. You can't see any part of a female in Afghanistan. You know, if you go back to the 70s and type in 70s Afghanistan, you'll see ladies out there with bikinis on, and they're enjoying themselves just like they do in America, and then these people took over, and they started doing this to them, and then we went in there and got them going to school and got them educated and all these things, and then our the guy in the White House, I can't say what he is because he's not, but that guy has done what he's done, and the left is not saying anything about this. And yet it's the left that was always saying, you know, these women have rights and they need to blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden when this guy in the White House does what he does, you don't hear a word about it. Over two decades ago, after 9-11 and George W. Bush's invasion of Afghanistan to overthrow the Taliban, which had at the time involved officials making arrangements for the need, among other rationales offered, to secure women's rights in Central Asia, we've now come full circle. Afghanistan's Taliban leadership orders all Afghan women to wear the all-covering burqa in public. This means women will literally no longer be allowed to show their faces in public. The burqa, which is now required, goes far beyond the hijab, which is a typical adornment in Sunni Islam and merely covers the hair. Instead, the burqa prevents any skin, including on the face, from being shown at all. This is often accompanied by gloves covering the hands in hardline Islamic communities. The ruling, which is a reversion to the strict public code of pre-2001 prior to the U.S. toppling the Taliban and installing its own national coalition and more Democrat-secular-leaning leaders, takes things back to the medieval-style Islam of the Taliban. This statement, called the Descriptive and Accomplishable Plan on Legitimate Hijab, also instructs women to not step out of home unless it is necessary calling it one of the best ways of observing hijab. Mail online. The Taliban is jailing and tasering Afghan women just for taking a taxi without a man or appearing in photos with male classmates. An undercover camera crew inside Herat's central jail found all the women interviewed had been incarcerated for minor infringements. Maryam, an Afghan woman in Herat's jail, said if the government remains as it is, there isn't a single ray of light here. Just darkness. You can thank the guy that's sitting in the White House right now for what happened. 
every single bad thing that's happening to these women, completely deprived of rights of any kind. Totally his fault. Now, something interesting from Mongolia. From Intel News, Mongolia's inflation headache goes from bad to worse as thirst for scarce dollars mounts. Mongolia's 4X reserves fell by as much as $1.2 billion to $3.3 billion between the end of 2021 and mid-April this year, with a reduction likely attributable to an increase in imports over exports. For a small developing country like Mongolia, the trade balance is a serious matter because exports are used to obtain dollars and imports must be paid for in dollars. Over the past two COVID hit years, exports have been down and international tourism has been non-existent. Well, that was a self-inflicted wound. They shut their country down completely and they are suffering the same COVID as everybody else as soon as they opened up. So, and despite being completely vaccinated. So that was their fault. But besides that, consequently, fewer dollars have been coming in and now more dollars are going out. Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. What's up with that? From the Epic Times, Australian researchers make orthopedic implants antimicrobial. We've got a couple people in this church that have got at least 72 parts of their body uh, replaced. And then we've got other people that have one or two replacement parts. But I can tell you, I've been, before COVID came, I was in the hospital about every three weeks helping somebody get through their knee or their shoulder or their hip or their, you know, whatever. So uh, this is something that is actually very, very serious. And you might not know this because in America, we try to sterilize things as best as possible, but it doesn't always work. And if you have something with an implant and an infection is on it, when it goes into a person, it stays there. And then it has to be worked on, taken out, and they have to cut out all of that infection. And it's serious. So this is a good thing. Australian researchers from three universities have developed a way to give medical devices or implant surfaces antimicrobial powers to protect against infection. The team engineered a new surface coating by combining gallium liquid with hydroxyapatite to create a novel compound with long-term antibacterial properties. And it's funny, if they had just called me 10 years ago, I could have told them that would work. But <laughs> according to a Flinders University release, infections following hip replacements and orthopedic device procedures are often complicated and may lead to painful and repeat surgeries with the potential for superbugs to cause fatality. Despite sterilization procedures, opportunistic bacteria, including some that become resistant to antibiotics, can build up on contact surfaces of surgical and other devices. Even worse, with orthopedic devices, an infection could be almost impossible to treat, especially if it involves complications with antibiotic resistance. Regular hydroxyapatite-coated metallic implants have been known to fail and lead to infection or even death in up to 2% of the people. Up to half of these infections can lead to further surgery and removal of the device, and this new coating also shows promise in integrating to the patient's bone. Like I said, I could have told them, just add in gallium and you've got it made, folks. They will progress with the development of the technology, which uses plasma spray fabrication with further testing later this year. With the global orthopedic device market expected to rise to around 
U.S. $64 billion by 2026 as the world's population continues to age. Researchers say that after further testing, the technique could scale up for commercial applications in the future. What's more, regulatory approval may be quite simple as both gallium derivatives and hydroxyapatite are already FDA approved. Demand for new era dental or other implants that attach to bone should be high considering no orthopedic implants currently have antimicrobial surface modifications. This novel coating is made using an environmentally friendly technology with no harmful organic solvents used in the process. Good stuff, very interesting, save some lives and it'll save you a lot of grief if you have to go in and do surgery again. Or you won't have to because you've been protected from it the first time. Now talking about uh, dental implants, they mentioned that right there. I thought I would mention something to you. Uh, some of you have family that are graduating, you know, high school or something soon. And I was at the dentist this past week. I told the dentist, he's the only guy there. Okay, actually they have one, um, you know, the person that helps out, what are they called? Uh, assistant. Well, it's an assistant, but there's a word. Uh, hygienist, okay. They have one hygienist in there and they used to have four or five. Okay, they've all quit and gone to other places. Okay, and the doctor himself was doing the cleaning on me, which I've never had before. It's always been a hygienist. Okay, but he said that for you to find a hygienist now is very, very difficult. He said that they have got a, you know, one of these people that goes out and does advertising and tries to get people into a job, you know, like a headhunter or something. They've been paying him and they've gotten no responses at all. And the reason why is because they started out, you know, about 40000 a year. And they have such a shortage of it that they are now, some of these hygienists are asking 60000 a year before they will even take the job. Okay, so having said that, he said that if you want a field for a young person, it doesn't take a whole college education, it only takes two years of training, you can get into that field and you can find a job immediately. And I even suggested to him what you could do is make a contract with these people and just say, we will pay for your two years of education if you'll give us five years guaranteed work at this salary. And I guarantee you people would do that because you're getting a free education and they're getting a job on it. So if you know somebody that needs a job that wants to progress in something, that would be a great job to do. Just came to mind. I thought I'd share that with you. And yes, my teeth are as clean as they can be this week. Um, he laughed when I told him. I always tell whoever the hygienist is. I say the same thing every time I go. Is that if I won the lottery, I won, you know, I won $10 billion or something, what I would do is I would change two things in my life. One is I would get a new shower curtain every single day because I love the smell of new shower curtains. And the second thing is I go to the dentist every two weeks. And that is it. I would change nothing else in my life. Now, I don't play the lottery, so it doesn't matter anyway. But And 99% of the showers I take are in my outdoor shower. But if I was to do it, I would have my shower curtain changed every day. Okay, there you go. You what? I know you get used to the smell. That's why you get a new one every day, and then you've got the new smell in there every day. Okay, um, it's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. Let's see how that's going. From Expose. Okay, you've been wondering about all of these things going on with the kids, right, that are getting this liver problem and what's going on. I've given my opinion. Well, guess what? Somebody came out and they agree with my opinion. Medicine regulators believed attenuated viruses in AstraZeneca and Janssen COVID vaccines are to blame for rise in deadly hepatitis among children. 
Could the actual reason for essentially banning the use of Janssen vaccine instead of having something to do with medicine regulators' fears that accentuated adenovirus it contains has gone rogue? First, the DNA instructions to create the SARS-CoV-2 antigen are inserted into a modified virus, an adenovirus. Then after the vaccine is injected into the individual, the viral vector delivers the spike protein DNA instructions to cells, resulting in large amounts of the spike protein antigen. The resulting immune response to SARS-CoV-2 allegedly helps mimic what occurs during natural infection and results in a cellular immune response. The current theory, however, is that the adenovirus now circulating has been born from the AstraZeneca vaccine, which would suggest the FDA have suspended the Janssen's jab to prevent it from doing exactly the same thing. But that doesn't mean the J&J jab isn't the actual culprit. The UK was the first country to roll out the adenovirus-based AstraZeneca COVID-19 injection en masse in January 2021. And it was also the first country to report an unusual increase in hepatitis cases of the unknown cause among children. Just a coincidence? The theory behind the AstraZeneca virus going rogue is that the virus contained in the vaccine combines with the E1 gene from another circulating adenovirus, of which there are many. The result is a replicating CHADOX1 virus. Because most people have been exposed to adenoviruses throughout their lives, they will be immune. But young children who have been forced to stay at home for the past two years are now being hit with a dangerous adenovirus on first exposure. In other words, the parents are shedding on the children. This may just be getting rolling. They just may be, that's what they, I said that a couple weeks ago. They believe this is just the tip of the iceberg because it, these are the first people they got the, there you go. Epic Times, California bill allowing minors to receive vaccines without parent consent advances. And then I just saw here, um, what was it? This morning I saw it, that the Senate of California has approved it. So it advanced, the Senate approved, and pretty soon you're going to have children being told, you need to get this vaccine, but you don't have to tell your parents. You can't get an aspirin at a school anywhere in the country without parental permission, because if you do, that parent can sue you. But you can get a vaccine. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, or an abortion. Zero Hedge, world's largest fertilizer company, warns crop nutrient disruptions through 2023. A bulk of the world's supply has been taken offline due to the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. This has sparked soaring prices and shortages of crop nutrients in top growing areas worldwide. An early indication of a global food crisis could be in the beginning innings. Bloomberg reports Canada-based Nutrien Limited's CEO, Ken Seitz, told investors during a conference call that he expects to increase potash production following supply disruptions in Russia and the Ukraine, both major fertilizer suppliers. Seitz expects disruptions could last well beyond 2022. Seitz said the conflict plus Western sanctions on Russia and Belarus have reduced fertilizer supply on global markets and could reshape crop nutrient trade, thus creating even more supply uncertainty. Watchers, Spain expected to produce the lowest volume of fruit in 40 years. From Yahoo, bird flu outbreak nears worst ever in U.S. with 37 million animals dead. 
It's gone from 1.2 million a couple weeks ago up to 37 million, and I think the highest ever is 50 million, and they think that because it started so early, we're going to meet that goal, okay? The crisis, and it's not a goal, it's just unfortunate, but the crisis is hurting egg-laying hens and turkeys the most, with the disease largely being propagated by migrating wild birds that swarm above farms and leave droppings that get tracked into poultry houses. That's probably how the virus contaminated egg operations in Iowa, which produce liquid and powdered eggs that go into restaurant omelets or box candy mixes. Further north, under the same migration pass, lie Minnesota's turkey farms, which supply everything from deli meats for submarine sandwiches to whole birds for the holidays. Prices for such products are soaring to records, adding to the fastest pace of U.S. inflation in four decades. The supply deficits triggered by the flu also come as world food prices reach new highs. From the war in Ukraine to adverse weather for crops, it's all throwing supply chains into turmoil and compounding the crisis that's pushed millions of people into hunger since the start of the pandemic. Okay, morality is declining. Here's some news on that. Gateway Pundit. Target launches gender-affirming products, including chest binders and packing underwear. And you have a right to not shop at Target. Fox. Oregon's Menstrual Dignity Act. Yes, they have a Menstrual Dignity Act requires schools to place feminine products in boys' bathrooms. This was their priority in the state legislature in Oregon. It doesn't take much, I can tell you that. Yes, we will. Breitbart. Teachers brag about LGBT indoctrination. My classroom is one of the gayest places probably on the planet. Nobody's doing anything about it. AP. Nantucket votes to allow anyone to go topless on beaches. This is going to be all over the country very soon. Breitbart. Discovery Plus show claims Abraham Lincoln was queer, Joan of Arc non-binary. A new Discovery Plus show geared toward young audiences portrays President Lincoln as a pioneering queer hero and said iconic Italian sculptor Michelangelo would, I can't use this word, so I'm just going to say blank, more Adam than Eve. Indeed, the book of queer refers to Catholic Saint Joan of Arc as non-binary. You think you got control over your children a couple hours a day in your house? They don't stand a chance unless you're taking them to church or telling them about the Lord and hopefully educating them at home. This is what they're being exposed to all day long. Some other news from around the world. And as I say each week, please be sure to check out the Superior Word Sermons. I got a uh, letter from a lady named Gabrielle. She sent me the nicest handmade pens. She made them herself for me. And she said she's almost through with Exodus. And she wanted to thank me. So she gave me a couple of these beautiful pens. And they, uh, what she did is she took a picture off of the website with all the Bibles that I have displayed there. And uh, she put Charlie Garrett, Pastor Charlie, something like that on there. I was so thankful for that. But I'm more thankful, more thankful that she's in the Word of God. And she's gone all the way through Genesis. And now she's almost through Exodus. Praise the Lord. Zero Hedge. Is an EU army on the horizon? I've been talking about this for years because I used to listen to Hal Lindsey years ago when I had time to watch TV, and he would say this all the time. This is something that he went all the way back to the 80s. The EU is going to be the great superpower of the end times, and I know people disagree with that, and they can be wrong, but 
there you go. He was right and he continues to be right. And he also said something years ago that everybody was kind of laughing because Iraq was the center of attention. He kept saying, watch Iran, watch Iran. He's right. Anyway, Zero Hedge is an EU army on the horizon. The building blocks of supranational military already exist. They're just waiting for a reason. The special future of the EU conference came to a conclusion a few days ago. There may have been a familiar veneer of public consultation, but the aim of the conference was simple. Tell the EU to do what they've already been planning to do for years. If that wasn't clear from the outset, it became unavoidably obvious a couple of days ago when the conference's list of 49 recommendations was published. We have picked out some of the more troubling ones. There's number 21, for example, which suggests that the EU improve its capacity to take speedy and effective decisions, notably in common foreign and security policy, speaking with one voice and acting as a truly global player, projecting a positive role in the world and making a difference in response to any crisis. This sentiment is repeated in number 39, where the conference claims there is a need to improve the EU's decision-making process in order to ensure the EU's capability to act, while taking into account the interests of all member states and guaranteeing a transparent and understandable process for the citizens. And they intend to do that by changing the voting system. All issues decided by way of unanimity should be decided by a way of qualified majority. Taken together, these measures would pretty much eradicate the national veto and see member states potentially subject to legislation imposed against their will. A huge knock to national sovereignty. They also want to strengthen the role of the high representative to ensure that the EU speaks with one voice, which is a roundabout way of saying centralizing power. Most concerning, though, is a recommendation on number 23. We propose that the EU continue to act to promote dialogue and guarantee peace and a rules-based international order, strengthening multilateralism and building on a long-standing EU peace initiative, which contributed to its award of the Nobel Prize in 2012, while strengthening its common security." which sounds harmless enough, except they intend to achieve these ends using a new EU army. The EU's joint armed forces that shall be used for the self-defense, that's where it starts, self-defense purposes, okay, and preclude aggressive military action of any kind with the capacity to provide support in times of crises, including national catastrophes. Outside European borders, it could be deployed in exceptional circumstances, preferably under a legal mandate from the UN Security Council, and thus in compliance with international law, and without competing with or duplicating NATO and respecting different national relationships with NATO and undertaking an assessment of EU relations with NATO in the context of the debate on the EU's strategic autonomy. Now, before I go on, I'd like to remind you that Russia is a member of the United Nations, right? Did they ask any permission for what they just did? No. There, there you go. So it's all just smoke, and what they're proposing gives them exactly the same ability as Russia just exercised, okay? A potential EU army has been a talking point for years, and I brought it up many times, but most often simply dismissed as Eurosceptic's scaremongering. In fact, 
Further down in point 21, the conference adds the EU should reflect on how to counter disinformation and propaganda in an objective and factual way. Somewhat ironic because as recently as two or three years ago, the EU army itself was described as misinformation, a lie spread by Brexiteers, according to The Guardian, or as true as saying Elvis lives, according to Emily Thornbury. Following the Brexit vote, everyone from Politico to the Atlantic Council was attempting to dispel the myth of the EU army. The EU itself published an article on their official site debunking the EU army myth in June of 2019. Then, just last month, the EU voted to create a rapid reaction military force of 5,000 troops. Funny how things change. Now all the outlets which had previously fact-checked the idea of an EU army or dismissed it as conspiracy theory are discussing its existence as more or less inevitable. Now remember that. They didn't want the the Brits to leave the EU. And so they were doing their best to say it's not true and you don't need to worry about this and your sovereignty is not going to be questioned and blah, 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 blah. And I said again and again, they need to get out. They need to get out. And I remember the day I said that it had been approved and they're getting out. The entire congregation of this little church applauded because they understood that the people in England did the right thing. The EU army will be sold to the U.S. as European partners stepping up to the plate and taking some of the burden of policing the world. Ooh. While in the EU-UK, it will be billed as the EU asserting its independence from U.S. foreign policy. Neither will be true. It might signal a genuine change in the paradigm, a relocation of the seat of power further east as the crumbling U.S. is abandoned and the heart of a global hegemony shifts towards the EU. Maybe. Either way, the end result will be the same people spending our money on the same weapons, pursuing the same policies, telling the same lies, just with a new name over the door. That was always the plan. The pieces of the EU army already exist. They just needed a reason to be assembled. And thanks to the U.S.'s chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan and Russia's special operation in the Ukraine, it looks like they've got one. Okay, who said it? And nobody's going to get this, but it's so true, I thought I'd just add it in. Who said it? If you like big government, move to Massachusetts. No, but that's not Ronald Reagan either. His name is Joe Miller. But I can tell you that I've been going to Massachusetts my whole life. Much of my family lives up there, and they call it Taxachusetts for a reason. Okay, got a lesser here for you. The Australian folks got it right. They dispatched with post-surgical blight. The new research has shown how infections not grown out of pain, out of mind, out of sight. Good job. Okay, I got a little bit of irony here for you today. First one, YouTuber who said cancel culture was a good thing gets canceled, yes. And then from Cairo 7, Pennsylvania man facing DUI charges arrived at court drunk. Right on. What can go wrong? Go for it. Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.